Hello, sexies. You are listening to Sisters of Sexuality, Five Shades of Play. And I am Taylor Sparks, your host and sex goddess for the evening. We are here for the purposes of educating, entertaining, and informing you in all areas of sexuality, sexual health, kink, relationships, and the business of sex. I am so excited as I am very each and every week to welcome my guests and especially this really sexy, gorgeous, and extremely smart woman. <laughs> but oh, before, I bring her on. <laughs> before I bring her on, let me give you a little bit about her. Morgan Davis, attorney, is the founder of Davis Legal PLLC, a Raleigh, North Carolina-based firm focusing on entrepreneurial cannabis and criminal law. Morgan is an experienced attorney whose practice primarily focuses on matters of corporate law and cannabis. Morgan has represented clients at both the state and federal level in criminal court, including many clients charged with significant cannabis-related offenses. For her corporate clients, Morgan focuses on addressing the needs of startups and entrepreneurs. Specific to the cannabis industry, Morgan is well-versed in the multifaceted issues facing the CBD industry and routinely hosts seminars to educate businesses at every level of the CBD market. Outside of her legal practice, Morgan is the co-owner of a wellness company founded on a mission to help every client forge their own path to wellness. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Taylor. I'm very excited to be with you. I'm excited to have you because with stuff that's going on in the media right now, I, I just can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> so, But first, the question always is, okay, so why law and not medicine? Why law and not like a librarian? Like what led you down this path to become an attorney? It's funny. Um, so I was originally going to be a social worker and mm. I um, did a practicum with for my soci sociology degree in undergrad and I worked at a maximum security juvenile detention center as a social worker for about mm. six months okay and that experience made it very clear to me that I wanted to be an advocate uh in a courtroom as opposed to um as opposed to just social work for okay. for me my experience led me to believe that being in a courtroom, having to deal with the day-to-day -day action um, that led people to end up in a maximum security juvenile detention center or a prison was where I could do the most good. Okay. Okay. And I believe both uh, and being an um, attorney as well as being a social worker is a type of calling. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I think it, it, your, your heart has to, to be successful in it, I think your heart really has to be in it. Kind of like nursing and also different nursing and even being a, um, a firefighter that to me, that's a calling, you Absolutely. know, that's not one day I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be a firefighter. It's like, you want to really make a difference <laughs> in people's lives. You want to help, you know? No, it's so true. And that being said though, I mean, what you do is a calling. Like when you talk about your love of helping people improve their sexual health and their sex life and their mm -hmm. connection to their own body. That is as much a calling as what I do. I love it hearing you talk about what you do because it's, it's inspiring to me. I think anybody who finds something that makes them want to go to work, want to get out of bed, want to start a business, yeah. whatever it may be, that is their calling. I, well, you know, purpose well, thank is you. so important. <laughs> I hadn't thought so much of it as a calling, but I, 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 I will agree with you on that point. So I'm like, oh, 
when can who can I talk to about pussy today? You know? I know. <laughs> and when you do, it is inspiring. Honestly, <laughs> the first conversation I had with you, I got off the phone and I was like, I want to be that happy. I'm not excited. <laughs> Even with yourself, sex can be good, you know? <laughs> but I, I do know some people who have totally given up sex, which is nothing wrong with it at, at all. You know, that's their that's their thing. But for a while it was my thought process, like, but but why? Mm-hmm. What do you mean this guy broke your heart? Fuck him. There's other there's other guys. There's like another bus coming by. <laughs> So you don't even like have sex with yourself, like nothing. And they're like, nope. I'm like, huh, interessante. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, there's that Buddhist belief that, um, that if you hold your life power, so you don't masturbate, you don't have sex, you're, you're cultivating your life power within yourself. And therefore Mm -hmm. when you release it, it's all that much more powerful and, and you can use that life power otherwise. I don't disagree with that. And I know lots of men who found that very successful. But for me as a woman, mm. honestly, cultivating that kundalini, that chi, that's that sacral chakra, whatever you want to call it, that inner mm-hmm. fire by loving myself has never made it harder for me to do work or make me less driven. If anything, it makes me more driven. Yes. And, and I, and I, I feel the same. I believe that taking that life power and exchanging it with another person, especially if it's somebody that you love exchanging it with, I'm not even talking about being in love with them, but if it's even somebody that you uh, love exchanging that power with, you can manifest miracles. You can manifest anything you want. That life power, that power that in my belief that has been given to us by the higher power, God, who Jehovah, whatever you want to call him, gives us the ability to manifest and do more things with that mm-hmm. power. So I think it can be used, you know, both ways. It just mm-hmm. depends on, it depends on the person. So you decide to go into law and then at some point you have to decide your, your area of specialty in law. And so how did you decide to get to where you got to? Uh, you know, every, isn't it funny how life is always in kind of feels like a meandering path, like one, mm-hmm. one thing leads to another. And then you look back and you go, Oh, that's exactly why that happened. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what happened for me. I, um, went to law school, eventually knew I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney, loved litigating, loved being in a courtroom, totally mm-hmm. fell in love with that. Did that for eight years needed a, needed a change, needed to grow in a different direction, open my own firm. And the second that I opened my own firm, thinking I was going to keep doing criminal defense, maybe branching out into politics, maybe branching out into some things I was already sort of dabbling in Mm -hmm. the farm bill passed and everybody was calling me wanting to open up a cannabis business. And I was like, wow, well, nobody's doing this. So I'll figure it out. And I did. Okay. And I just, I just went with it and I've been chasing the cannabis law, um, dragon ever since. And I, I love it. It's exciting. It's different. It changes every day. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy and grateful that my timing was so perfect. Oh, I, so what, what year did the, the, the farm bill pass? Was it end 2000? of 2018. Yeah. End of 2018. 2018. Okay. At the end of 2018. So Dealing with people who have significant cannabis-related offenses, how 
what do you do and what, how, how significant are these offenses? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've represented people with, uh, you know, marijuana charges, um, for on the, on mostly on the state level, I've helped out on a couple of federal cases, but mostly on the state level, um, up to trafficking amounts. So very large amounts of marijuana. Um, that is becoming less and less, thankfully, and even before the passage of the Farm Bill was becoming less and less common because mm-hmm. it's legal, has been legalized in so many states, especially over the last couple of years. But even starting 10 years ago, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just didn't make sense anymore to be sending people to prison for long periods of time on something that was legal in so many places. So um, you saw that charged less and less over, I'd say, the last five years. And, and are you also helping people who are already in prison who, who have gotten these, you know, exhorted or these very long sentences? Have they reached out to you or, or their family or friends like, hey, can you help my, you know, person get out of prison and out of this, especially since the farm bill has passed or if you were already given the sentence, you know, say 10 years prior, five years prior, Mm -hmm. the farm bill had no effect on you. Right. No. So I've not had anyone reach out to me who's serving a sentence, a prison sentence on a trafficking or um, large possession marijuana charge. Um, But I know that there are a lot of nonprofits and uh, who um, and prisoner legal services and legal aid in lots Mm. of states are helping clients um, who want to appeal that kind of conviction. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's picking up momentum as it should, because that is a, um, it's a real travesty that people are still sitting in prison on any marijuana related charge, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. And probably since they got in prison, they probably picked up some other charges, you know, but being yep. in there fighting, fighting for their life, you know, <laughs> So that is, the, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing that people don't consider is once you're in the system, it is really hard to keep a clean record once you're in prison. And it's just the environment you're living in um, and the way that it's designed. And it can really it can make getting out or have or an appeal very difficult. Mm hmm. That, that, yeah, I, I just, and some people have got long sentences, you know, we know the mm-hmm. system, the justice mm-hmm. system in here is also racially skewed. So oh my somebody get, got, gets caught with, you know, five joints and, you know, they get 10 years and it's just, it's just been a horrific thing. So you said you enjoyed litigation. So you like being in a court and saying, <laughs> I object, or you just like a good argument or a debate where you want a debate team in college, you know? <laughs> So um, I'm sure that anybody who knows me would say that I, I like to argue. I'm certainly opinionated. Fiery is a word that's often used to describe me. Um, ah. I don't think it's so much that I like to fight. It's that when I am passionate about something, mm-hmm. I find it very easy to advocate. And I love the practice of advocating. And I, um, I think it is so important for anyone, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been charged with, no matter what you're suspected of, no matter what you've been convicted of in the past, Mm -hmm. to have a zealous advocate standing next to you in a courtroom. 
um, you know, court for most people is the worst moment of their life. It is a low um, mm. and it is difficult to understand. It is hard to navigate even for those of us who've been doing it for a long time and it can, it can go sideways very quickly. And so without a zealous advocate standing next to you, which you are entitled to by law, um, it takes a nightmare and just turns it into absolute hell. So I, yeah. you know, I have always enjoyed being able to be of service in that way. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the cannabis industry, like the sex industry is a vice industry. Yeah. And, and even with regards to the CBD being legal, it's still considered a vice in, mm -hmm. in social media. So, you know, how have you been able to assist in one way or another um, your clients to kind of, you know, get bank accounts or, mm -hmm. you know, merchant accounts. And, you know, and then we can even talk about, you know, legal representations, accountants who are willing to work with, you know, entrepreneurs in the, in this vice type in, you know, company industry. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the, that's one of the parts that I, I both love and hate about the cannabis industry is that because it's so new, you know, everybody, refers it to it as a wild west. But I think as a, as an entrepreneur, it's, you gotta be scrappy in the cannabis industry. You really gotta be willing to think outside the box and deal with a lot of hurdles and a lot of no's sometimes. Um, anywhere from, you know, you want to post an ad on Instagram and Instagram shuts you down because your ad mentions cannabis or, mm. or, or CBD or, you know, marijuana extract or anything, anything close to it. Um, you want to, um, you know, put a label on a product and then your local shop says they won't put it on the shelf because of this, that, and the other, even though there's no regulation that exists that says your label is right or wrong. Right. Um, you want to, you know, a new thing is the FTC is now requiring that anybody who's got an e-commerce shop, which I mean, who's everybody's online now, right? Everybody's selling everything. You, you would think, but there are some that are not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, um, but as common as it is, the FTC is now requiring that companies who are selling any sort of cannabis product, any sort mm -hmm. of cannabis product, mm -hmm. sign this, um, this notice saying that they've sought legal representation to make sure that everything on their site is in compliance with FTC guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, how many entrepreneurs have a, have a lawyer on call that they can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's difficult and you really gotta, um, you really have to have a good team around you You've got to have a lawyer nearby that you can call in a, in a pinch if, mm -hmm. um, if you don't have one you work with consistently. And you've got to be willing to sort of um, or roll with the punches that come sure. with the cannabis industry that, that you may not always see coming. And my, what I have um, found to be most helpful for my clients that I'm able to do is to take a look at what are the common issues that you're going to come across, not just as an entrepreneur, because that comes with its own challenges, yes. but with as a cannabis entrepreneur. So mm. what are the additional steps you're going to have issues with? 
you brought up a good point, which is insurance. Depending on the type of company you are, you probably cannot get insurance for your products because they're not federally recognized if they've got THC above a certain percentage. So you're going to be looking at insurance companies that are only within your state. And that'll totally depend on what your state laws are. And -hmm. if you want a bank account, then you're going to have to look at a local bank Mm -hmm. because within a state where it's legal, whatever your product may be, because federally the banks are still not recognizing anything that is cannabis derived even the cbd correct yep that's correct which Mm -hmm. is which is so interesting because cbd is federally legal but because the the um the issue becomes because they can't say that that cbd product necessarily comes only from industrial hemp or only from a legal facility or is only made in a legal way Mm -hmm. they don't want to financially back it is what it boils down to. Um, and that they could get in trouble for potentially laundering money for illegal products. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no. Uh, which which so- feels so ridiculous considering, you know, even marijuana is legal in some form in 36 states. So 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 many of these companies that we see that are that are online, right? Mm-hmm. Um if the FTC is anything like the FDA, they don't have enough manpower to monitor everybody's everything. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And I'm assuming that people are like, hey, when they when they ask, I'll I'll get it done. But until then, I, I got money to make. And and yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and and you know, you'd like to believe that most companies are doing the best that they can and, and that the products that they're offering are not harmful to to one not you know full right. of chemicals i know there's right. some companies like um my favorite cbd company is uh triplane jane uh-huh. where uh-huh. you can get the hemp flowers they now have tincture um, you know uh, sublingual tinctures pre-rolls um they have some of the best um hemp flowers and like i'm not a marijuana smoker because I don't I don't particularly care for the high mm-hmm. and and because I don't get high I'm probably the only person I know that gets high on CBD <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wait I think I'm high like you can't be high on CBD like no I think I am it's like it's not possible I swear to goodness I think I'm high not on 0.03 percent it's not <laughs> happening no nope, I feel something like go, go take a nap so <laughs> I have found their hemp flowers, you know, I get a chance to have my little pipe and I I get to be Mm -hmm. cool and look cool with the people who are smoking marijuana, although I'm not (laughs) actually smoking marijuana. I just want to look cool. And um, and that's the gateway drug, right? Looking cool. (laughs) So with regards to, so you're able, you know, to work with some startups who can't afford you or maybe they can't have you on call full time, but you know, you offer maybe project base or hourly yes, base absolutely. or I'm very may- flexible with I mean part of the reason that I that I got away from criminal defense, which I, I still do, but why I branched into corporate law or really I focus on entrepreneurs and not necessarily larger corporations. Um, okay. The reason I did that is because you know, entrepreneurs are one, I, I love them. I love that 
startup desire, we were talking earlier about passion. I love Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur because most of them have found something that's like, this is what drives me in this moment. And they're so Mm -hmm. passionate about what they're doing. And you can't help but be, want to be around someone like that. It's infectious, but they, um, you know, it's, it's brand new. They're, they're self-funded or they're seed funding, you know, they don't have a lot of money to spend, especially on legal right out of the gate. It's just not a priority. Mm-hmm. And I could sit here and tell you legal should be a priority from day one. And, and, and yes. that is what I would say. However, I know that that's not, that's not the reality of how it happens a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I like to be very flexible and come up with, I do subscription agreements where clients can pay me a little bit over several months Okay. Where they get their, their work done up front, but then they have time to pay. I'll do it by project. I'll do it by the hour, you know, whatever works for their cash flow purposes. Okay. And then, so how are you making a living? (laughs) 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 If you give it all these, (laughs) so it's not for everybody. It's just for the few select. Correct. You know, there there are plenty of people who can't afford to pay, uh, than should, but, um, you know, I, I like to be, I like to offer many options to my clients um, because I understand what, that everybody runs their business differently. For sure. For um, sure. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, we, we are, got connected through a mutual friend who was also consulting in the CBD industry, our good friend, Kristen. And how are you finding working with, not, not with Kristen, but how you find working with those who are, making CBD products um, in the uh, beauty industry, let's say different from yeah. those who are working, you know, let's say working with fl- flowers directly or sure. um, how you find the differences in their approach to working with CBD. Um, I would say that beauty industry, CBD, beauty industry, producers, manufacturers, consultants like Kristen, you know, they, are so familiar with all of the regulations and um, considerations that go into what you put into your body um, Mm -hmm. and how important it is that a skew reflect what's in the product and how easy it is to get in trouble with people like the FDA or with whatever your local state agency Mm -hmm. um, body is. So in in North Carolina, it's the Department of Health and Human Services. they just tend to be a lot more um, conservative, I would say, in their approach mm-hmm. um, and and are a lot more sort of they have a, a set plan of this is what we're looking to do. Um, you know, my entrepreneurs who are more into vapes and smokables and gummies mm-hmm. Uh, I would say are a lot more experimental. They're constantly looking for the, you know, for the next extraction that's going to get them bigger bang for their buck. Okay. The, the next terpene that everybody's going to be hot about. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like a pineapple tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, because there's so many products out there, they're trying to set themselves apart. Okay. Um, whereas... And it's not that cosmetic products aren't trying to set themselves apart. They are. But um, I find that it has a lot more to do with um, and, and probably because it's a much more female centric 
like beauty products are much more obviously female centric industry. We want to know what is it going to do for my skin? Am I going to glow? Is it going to get rid of my (laughs) acne? Am I going to look, you know, like the cover of that magazine? Am I going to have no fine lines? That's what we care about. Exactly. exactly. I don't care how high it's going to make me. I don't care what it smells like as long as it doesn't smell (laughs) like dirty I don't care what it smells like. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, we will put all sorts of shit on our body. And And have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, so really what we care about is, is what is it going to make us look like or what's it going to make our skin feel like? So the approaches are different. Mm. Mm. The, um, so speaking of women and, you know, the whole big hoorah-rah about Shakari and yeah. her suspension, uh, give me both your personal and professional opinion on what happened. And if you were her attorney, <laughs> what would you do? Um, so if I was her attorney, so it's, it's interesting because I do have two perspectives on this and I, I don't know if they're personal or professional, but okay. I think they're maybe both, but two sides of it. Um, the, so the Olympics have had the rules that THC hasn't been allowed for a long, 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 long time. So it's not as though we can say, she didn't know what the rules were. That's right. not, that's an invalid argument. That's just, nobody, nobody can argue that. Sure. So it just becomes a question of, is she doing it? Is it something that then sparks the national conversation that's being sparked right now, which mm. is THC should not be considered a performance enhancing drug in the, in the way that performance enhancing was originally meant to be defined. Correct. And that, um, that yes, we should allow people to choose a non-addictive alternative to deal with whatever they're going through physically or mentally, especially mm-hmm. for athletes who are performing at her level. Exactly. Um, because you can't tell me that THC and anabolic steroids are the same thing. They are not. They are and, not, exactly. And nobody has ever thought that they were the same thing. Uh-uh. Um, so I think... If that was, uh, and it may not have been her goal, but if that's what her team's goal currently is, is to use this to strike a conversation as maybe a, a, a secondary positive, I think it's brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. Do I think that she should be suspended? No, I don't. Do I think that it was a foreseeable possibility? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think... I think anybody would know that that was more than likely what would happen. Um, And I think, I I hope that it will be the suspension that changes the tide and like the NFL and like the NBA and like major league baseball, the Olympics will declassify THC as a performance enhancing drug, because that is what should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone has run, run or jumped faster or higher on weed. Hey, no. sit down, take a nap. We make you want to sit down, take a nap. You're not going, <laughs> you well, are not, you know, running faster. I, it does make me, you know, just like if you, when you have children, you can't watch your children 24 hours a day, but right. you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, where, where were her people around her to go, girl, you know, you shouldn't smoke that because that, that shows up in your 
system, you could get suspended. But she could, you know, she could have been by herself. Yep. She could have had a joint that she that's been sitting around for the last 12 months that it was left over from when she wasn't even competing, you know. Exactly. We have no idea. We have no idea. And I think one of the best things about her response was, I'm human. She didn't say, I'm only human. She's like, I'm human. And to not forgive her when the the um, Olympic committee people have forgiving more have forgiven more heinous crimes. What was the swimmer's name who was down there in Brazil who destroyed the bathroom, peed all over the place? Uh, it wasn't Phelps, but it was one. No, of his it was one of his teammates. teammates. But you know, he didn't get stripped of his times. Correct. You know, he had already competed, of course. But he should have gotten a much more harsh punishment than just a, a media circuit, mm-hmm. in my opinion. No, I agree you know? with you. And I think all he got was public shaming. Yep. But he was male and he was white. Correct. <laughs> you Correct. know, so it was it just really. And I guess the only other thing to think about is she's only 21. Yeah. And three and three more years, you know, she'll only be 24. She She's still got another 10 years to her career, you know, but to keep the focus like every Olympian does four years at a span, I can barely focus, you know, four hours at a span. Correct. And, and, you know, track and field has never been my sport, but the amount of wear and tear you're putting on your body, she's putting mm-hmm. on her body every minute of every day that she's training mm-hmm. You know, the difference between her body at 21 and 24 is significant at that level of performance. Yes. That's three more years of significant wear on her joints, her knees, her ankles, mm-hmm. you know, and the amount of um, one injury and she's out and um, won't be able to compete again. And, and the reason she won't have been able to compete in the Olympics is because of THC and, and, you know, their position that THC is performance enhancing because for some athletes, it makes them better able to concentrate. Well, oh, so gosh. does meditation. And so does you meditation. Know? How are you going to ban meditation? Like, that doesn't make you, that doesn't, how was that? in Lord, is that what they said? Oh my God. That's what they said. <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, come on, breathing. So, so does uh, masturbation. So exactly. does orgasm. Exactly. Orgasms help you fucking concentrate better too. Yeah, no kidding. Or the Wim Hof breathing that produces your, and stimulates your body to naturally produce more DMT. So you're, you are naturally high. And yeah, can oh have God. visions, but we're not we're not preventing people from deep breathing. From, from deep breathing, I you know it's it's so ridiculous how some things get stuck in time and don't move on because you have these old people who were like, "This is the way we've always done it," and no one has ever told them, "You know, we can we we run the show. We can change our mind at any time. We make the rules. We can change the rules. We can change the rules right fucking now." Correct. And go, you know what? We just, we, we're taking a vote. We're changing the rules. She's not suspended. Let's go. At any fucking time, you could change the fucking rules. And this is the best thing about being at the top of the food chain. Being human is that we have the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. Most all other animals function purely on instinct. And as a human, we have the ability to go, I'm not doing that. Or I am doing that. Or should 
let, let's talk about doing that. It, we have that ability and we can change it. The rules at any time, any governing body, anybody in the middle of an argument could say, you know what? I'm not going to continue this argument because it's going nowhere. Yep. Before it leads to a fight, when I see these people having road rage in there, chasing people down, I'm like, what is keeping you from stopping yourself yeah. from going, why am I still pursuing this thing? Why am I continuing the fight? And so many people, as you as an attorney knows, are in prison because people have not, some people have not learned to control themselves. Instant gratification. Instant <clears throat> gratification, whether the gratification is anger or hate or love or lust or a high or mm -hmm. whatever it may be is the biggest vice, I think, for humans. We want what we want and we want it now. Yes. And our inability to control that impulse is more yeah. often than not what gets us in trouble. I think more than anything else. Um, and, you know, you talk about, I know that as an attorney and I do, but I think about that as, you know, a, a person in romantic relationships. How mm. often do we choose the thing that we want that we see in front of us right now that we may know is maybe not great for us or might not be great for us, but we just want it so badly. And yes. so we choose it over and over again because it's standing right in front of us as opposed to saying, you know, this isn't exactly what I want and it doesn't feel that good. I mean, it feels, it feels pretty good, but it doesn't feel as good as it should. I'm mm -hmm. going to wait. I'm going to make myself wait for the thing that feels fucking amazing. Yes. Um, that's not, that's not what we do a lot of times. We just keep staying stuck. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> and we start telling the stories. Us. We start yeah. telling the stories to ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's this, this is going to be okay. We, we, we just got to figure out how, how this whole thing, how this whole thing works. So yeah, I do, you know, feel bad for her for the suspension. Yes. Um, it's because completely she broke, unfair. It is completely unfair. It is. It is and an antiquated unfair. law. Yes, and 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 an antiquated law. So you know, of course, there's uproar about you know the racism and the in the mm -hmm. in the um, IOC, and um, and there may be a little of that as well. She's so flamboyant. You know, people oh, just I've, some I've people just hate people to to shine brightly. You know, exactly. just run your race exactly. And, and, you know, sit down and be a good girl <laughs> or no, a good I mean, boy. Let's be honest. It, they are 100% correct. If she was a white male or female who, you know, didn't have flamboyant hair and didn't have tattoos and, and maybe all these other things, then maybe she wouldn't be getting punished right now. And that yeah. is something that the Olympics needs to look at because if they are going to continue to claim to everyone that they're bringing the world together and they're right. so inclusive and they're, you know, this is the whole point is, is world, you know, globalization and bringing us all together, then they need to change their policies and they need to look at how they punish people just like we do in the criminal justice system and say, are we doing it fairly? Exactly. And I think it would be very clear to a lot of people that they are not. Mm. Um, for, for sure. Uh, so I, 
I think what has happened is completely unfair. I really do hope that it is the catalyst that gets that like so many other things that we've seen in the last year and a half that are incredibly unfair and real, real tragedies. I hope that it is the thing that brings about some significant change. Mm. For So I know that you um, also host seminars um, to educate businesses. Where do you do and what types of seminars do you do for what, like, do you, I'm sure prior to um, COVID, but what, um, like, do you expos or you, are you brought in for um, private functions for corporations? Yep. What? Both. Um, so a uh, corporation, uh, a part, a former law partner of mine, but we still work together um, on cannabis related consulting. Um, we will go into businesses and do two or three day seminars to help them understand if they're starting a new line, you know, or they're, or they're going to foray into cannabis, what, what they need to be aware of, what kind of compliance and regulatory issues they need to start thinking about, thinking about and prepare for. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we also do expos, conferences that are public or are, are specific industry related cosmetic industry. We've done several of those, um, the cannabis industry, we've done several of those. Um, and so it's all, it's both public and private seminars. Wonderful. And so do you enjoy doing the seminars as much as you do litigating? I do. It's, um, Again, if it, I'm, I'm advocating about something that I, that I love, which is cannabis. Um, mm-hmm. And so I enjoy the activity of getting up and talking about, um, about its benefits and how it can change the lives of, of that company's clients or really how it can change that company and their future and their focus and their mission um, yeah. or how it can help them perpetuate what their current mission is. This is amazing. So tell me a little bit about your wellness company. I don't think I knew about that. Is this a a recent launch or? It is. It is like, you know, so many other people during COVID, we, you know, found uh, a project A, B or C to add on to our existing (laughs) list of of occupations. And um, so it is a... um, a two-part med, uh, med spa and personal training studio. Um, oh, nice. And the goal is that we are trying to expand. Our goal is to expand the definition of wellness. So right now, a lot of us think of wellness as, um, you know, I apple a day keeps the doctor away. I exercise every day. I eat lots of right, food. Right. I'm a well person. Mm. Um, but wellness is so much more than that. I mean, Wellness is about what is your sex life like? What what condoms mm-hmm. are you using? What lube are you using? What vitamins are you taking? What tampons are you putting in your body? What exactly? Um, what you know? What creams are you putting on your skin that your skin's absorbing? It's so many things that you're coming into contact with, and for us, we like to focus on um, so the physical body with personal training and movement. And nutrition, we have a nutritionist on staff, but then also in certain areas, sexual health, hormone replacement therapy, weight loss, anti-aging, and mental and physical performance. Hmm. We have doctors on staff who meet with our clients over telehealth to help them 
decide what, if anything, the pharmaceutical world can do for them to help them enhance that. So if you're a man who um, is suffering from low testosterone, we have protocols that help you not only, you know, supplement your existing testosterone, but also that provide you enzymes so that your body starts producing more testosterone and helps Mm -hmm. you deal with the side effects of your body producing less testosterone so that you're not experiencing such a huge difference in your libido. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. you are a woman who is suffering from low libido, we can do your labs and talk about what are the reasons that that's happening, where your hormone levels at, where your vitamin levels at. Um, and, and what we can design for you to make sure that your life, your day-to-day experience is enhanced in the way that you want it to be enhanced. Mm-hmm. So that's, this sounds, that's our mission. That, did, did you tell me the name of your wellness? Ah, I did not. It's called the Oak Health Institute. The, and, and is that the website for it? Yes, it is the oakhealthinstitute.com. Oak Health Health Institute.com. Well, this is amazing. I really want to thank you for being here uh, today. It, it's been a joy to talk to you about all things legal, all things cannabis. <laughs> I so enjoy it, Taylor. I, I love every time I talk to you. But thank you so Aww. much for having me on. Thank you, thank you. So for, if you want to stay in touch with Morgan Davis and even get legal advice from Morgan Davis. If you are in the cannabis industry, whether um, you're just launching, you could find her on her website at morgandavislegal.com. Also be sure to follow her on uh, IG at Morgan Davis Legal. And as she just told us about her wellness company, the oakhealthinstitute.com, and I will be sure to put all the links here on this podcast. And to stay up to date with me at Sisters of Sexuality, um, our website is sistersofsexuality.com. And if you have any questions for me or um, a past guest, feel free to email me at sistersofsexuality at gmail.com. And you can also find us on our social media at Sisters of Sexuality and me on my main page, at Organic Lovin, that's L-O-V-E-N, website.com, and on all social media. And if you like this episode, leave us a comment, but please be sure to share and subscribe and support. Thank you again, Morgan. For the rest of you sexies, we'll catch up to you next week. Bye-bye. Stay sexy. Organic Lovin', for the bodies you love to love. How do people describe you? Are you curious, playful, maybe sensual, adventurous? How about open-minded? The truth is, no matter who you are, Organic Lovin' has something to indulge your fantasies. We offer only organic, natural, and eco-friendly intimate body products, including vegan condoms, organic lubricants, body-safe sex toys, and sex-positive books. You won't find anything harmful in our products or toys. We also have a full range of other experiences, including erotic seminars and exotic adult-only vacations. Receive our adult subscription box for a monthly sexual delight. Be educated, entertained, and informed. Organic Lovin'. For her, for him, for you. For the bodies you love to love. Visit OrganicLovin.com. 
We offer shipping worldwide, so stop by the site anytime. Organic Lovin'. That's L-O-V-E-N dot com.